Hey guys, it's me, Overreactor, and welcome to the next episode of Official Time Out, where we talk about the rules of roller derby. And this comes from the WFTDA rulebook that stands for Women's Flat Track Derby Association. Um, I hope you guys all follow my Instagram, Overy underscore actor, because um, sometimes I... Just life gets crazy. You know how it goes. And this podcast is like just for funsy pies, but like super important. And so, um, you know, I'll post updates on like, ah, new episode tomorrow because uh, it's looking like Mondays are going to be kind of a tricky day for me to get the podcast up. And I'm thinking Wednesdays will be a better day for my schedule at this time. My schedule does change quite frequently. So um, just know that I'm doing the best I can and that's all you can do, right? So let's see what else is fun. I've been really excited to connect with you guys more um, through social media. That is so exciting to me to get to know people from all over the world and Roller Derby brings us together. And um, yeah, so that is the fun news for now. So yeah, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump in where we left off. Last week, we talked about other illegal procedures in Section 4.2.4, and today we're going to discuss Section 4.3, which covers penalties for unsporting conduct or misconduct. Okay, here's the rule found at WFTDA.com, Section 4.3. All participants in a game of roller derby must be respectful of one another. This includes but is not limited to skaters, team staff, officials, mascots, event staff, and spectators. When skaters or team staff behave in an unsporting manner, their misconduct should be penalized accordingly. Misconduct can take many forms and does not have to be intentional to be considered unsporting. Examples include, but are not limited to, deceiving or ignoring officials, engaging in dangerous and illegal actions that pose a substantial hazard to oneself or another, disrespectful contact to an official or forceful contact which is negligent or avoidable, being abusive toward another person. Failure to abide by governing body policies during the game pertaining to skaters, team staff, and the immediate play area. Actions which seriously undermine the legitimacy of the sport or display a lack of respect for the sport, its execution, and those who contribute to it may also be penalized. Okay, I like those rules. Basically, I feel like they're saying, be nice to people, y'all. Just be nice. Let's see what the casebook has to say about it. Section 4.3, Penalties for Unsporting Conduct or Misconduct. Unsporting conduct can take many forms. Examples include deceiving or ignoring officials, engaging in dangerous and illegal actions that pose a real danger to oneself or another, or being abusive toward another person. Other unsporting conduct may also be penalized. Okay, so we've got a couple of scenarios here. Scenario C4.3.A. Oh, and I'll just say this now because I think it's been a while since I pointed out the letters and the da-da-da. In case you are jumping in here and didn't hear the first few episodes, 
the way the case book is laid out and the rules, you know, you've got the sections and then section 4.1, 4.1.1, 4.1.2, blah, blah, blah. So now we're in section 4.3. When we get to the case book, it goes scenario C4.3. So the C stands for case book. And so 4.3 pertains to the rule in the rule book. And then we have various scenarios about misconduct. So that would be A, B, C, D, E, F, and so forth. So when it says scenario C4.3.A, you know that means case book regarding 4.3 and the first scenario associated with it. That one, that kind of tripped me up a little bit when I first started. I was like, what does the C stand for? And all these letters and numbers are so confusing. So um, I'm going to assume I'm not the only one that was confused by that. And hopefully that clears it up. So scenario C4.3.A. Red Jammer and White Blocker are in the penalty box. Red Jammer stands. After seven seconds, White Blocker suddenly says, Red number done. Red Jammer, assuming they have been legally released by an official, exits the box and begins to return to the track. The outcome. White Blocker is penalized. The Red Jammer is not. Officials should direct Red Jammer to return to the box and complete their remaining penalty time. The rationale. The White Blocker has imitated an official's verbal instruction to try to force a penalty on the opposing Jammer, which is highly unsporting and is penalized as such. Red Jammer left in good faith believing they had been released by the officials. They should still serve the remainder of their penalty time. That sounds fair enough to me. Okay. Scenario C4.3.B. Red Blocker knocks down White Blocker. Red Blocker bends over the waist, positioning their chest above White Blocker in such a way as to prevent White Blocker from standing. The outcome. Red Blocker is penalized. The rationale. The most positional blocks don't typically result in a penalty. In this instance, Red Blocker intentionally positionally... <laughs> intentionally, positionally blocks a downed opponent. White blocker cannot initiate a block from a downed status and thus cannot reestablish their position without earning a penalty of their own. This is unsporting conduct on the part of red blocker. Don't do that. And if you're an official and you see that happen, guess what? Misconduct. Okay, scenario C4.3.C. White blocker intentionally pulls off red jammer's helmet cover. Outcome. The red jammer momentarily lost the ability to score or earn lead jammer status as a result of white blocker intentionally removing their star. White blocker is expelled from the game. Expelled, y'all. The rationale. Deliberately removing an opponent's helmet cover is unsporting behavior of the highest order. It must be penalized by expulsion regardless of any impact to the jammer's head, though intentional contact to an opponent's head also warrants expulsion. You get that? If a blocker or a jammer or someone from the opposing team pulls off the other jammer's helmet cover or intentionally makes contact to their head, expel expulsion. Get out of there. Uh Uh-uh. That's not roller derby. Out with you, according to scenario C4.3.C. 
Scenarios C4.3.3 D. The jam starts and White Jammer quickly earns lead. Red Jammer immediately pulls off their star and tries to pass it over their opponent's heads to Red Pivot, but is unable to do so. Red Jammer stuffs the star into the jersey so they don't have to hold it as they work their way through the pack. The outcome? The Red Jammer has hidden the star from their opponents, also hiding the fact that they are their team's jammer. Red Jammer is penalized. The rationale? It is unsporting to attempt to hide your role in the jam. Keep in mind, if Red Jammer had held onto the star instead of hiding it in their jersey, no penalty would be issued because they would still be visibly in control of the star. <coughs> Scenario C4.3.E Having been released from the penalty box, White Blocker heads back to the track using a forearm to push a referee out of the way so they can keep the line. <laughs> you ask me how I feel about this one. <laughs> the outcome, white blocker is expelled from the game. The rationale, intentional or negligent contact to officials is unsporting as it renders the official unable to keep their attention on the game. Contact to an official who does not expect it or to an official who is not wearing safety equipment is also unsafe. Keep in mind, skaters and officials routinely collide during the course of normal gameplay. This is usually unintentional and unavoidable, in which case it should not be penalized. Scenario C4.3.F White blocker is assessed a penalty and swears. I'm going to say this scenario again for the people in the back. White blocker is assessed a penalty and swears. All right, listen closely. What happens here? The outcome, profane, abusive, and obscene language is unsporting and degrading to the sport, but should not always be penalized. If said language was audible to the audience or via broadcast, white blocker is penalized. If white blocker's profanity was directed at an official, white blocker is penalized. Otherwise, a few choice words directed at a teammate or an opponent should result in a warning and be penalized if the behavior continues. The rationale. As a competitive physical sport, roller derby can raise skaters' adrenaline and cause tempers to flare. Some discretion is in order. Audible offensive language degrades the sport and abusive language directed at officials is disrespectful and insubordinate. Abusive language regarding officials should be considered to be directed at the officials as a group and should be penalized if audible to any official. Keep in mind, any language that is profane or obscene should be held to a similar standard. Keep in mind, a skater who utters a string of profanity or appears to have completely lost their temper should be expelled regardless of whether it is directed at anybody. Keep in mind, discretion is in order to determine whether the language is degrading to the sport or others. A skater who is cursing for some reason unrelated to gameplay, such as cursing while crying due to a painful injury, should not necessarily be penalized. All right, scenario C4.3.G. C4.3.G, excuse me. Okay. Red blocker is crouched with one hand on the track. 
white blocker intentionally falls on top of red blocker targeting a legal target zone. Outcome. White blocker is expelled from the game for misconduct. The rationale? Falling onto an opponent is extremely dangerous and is an extraordinary physical threat to red blocker. Even though white blocker was attempting to initiate into a legal target zone, intentionally falling into an opponent is unsporting conduct. Keep in mind, a skater who is crouched with one hand on the floor does not count as down. Keep in mind, skaters accidentally falling onto each other due to natural gameplay is not unsporting conduct. Scenario C4.3.H White blocker is standing in a wall alongside their teammates. Red jammer, while attempting to pass white blocker, jumps and unintentionally makes contact with their chest into white blocker's shoulder. Red jammer is completely airborne when the contact is made. White blocker does not fall, but is, but is pushed forward out of the wall. The outcome. Red jammer is penalized. The rationale. Initiating a block while airborne is dangerous play. White blocker lost their established position in the wall due to red jammer's illegal contact. Keep in mind, non-forceful and unintentional contact initiated by an airborne skater, for example, brushing shoulders during an apex jump, should only be penalized if there is significant impact on the recipient. Keep in mind, Skaters may initiate a block on an airborne opponent if that opponent was a legal target prior to becoming airborne. So with that, okay, this is me going off script for a minute. Um, This one took me a little bit to understand as well um, when looking at apex jumps, for example. The jammer's coming around, and while the jammer is airborne, that airborne, that jammer is not allowed to initiate contact onto a blocker who is on the ground. But the blocker can initiate a block onto the airborne jammer if that jammer was a legal target. So that means if the jammer left from inbounds, they're considered inbounds while airborne. But if if they were out of bounds when they went airborne, then that would be making contact to an out-of-bounds skater, which is not legal. So I thought I would just throw that one in there. Bonus. Okay. Scenario C4.3.I. White blocker is standing in a wall alongside their teammates. Red jammer jumps at white blocker, making forceful contact while airborne. Red jammer had no reasonable explanation. Nope. Had no reasonable expectation. Let me start this one again. (laughs) Scenario C4.3.I. White blocker is standing in a wall alongside their teammates. Red jammer jumps at white blocker, making forceful contact while airborne. Red jammer had no reasonable expectation of landing in a legal manner. White blocker, however, remains upright. The outcome, red jammer should be considered for for expulsion. The rationale. Initiating a block while airborne is dangerous play. A flagrant violation of this rule poses a safety hazard to white blocker. An expulsion would be warranted if the action was judged to be negligent, intentional, 
or reckless, regardless of whether white blocker lost position. Scenario C4.3.J. A governing body policy limits the number of bench staff allowed on the bench. Red team has the maximum allowed support staff on the bench. However, in between jams, an additional support staff runs into the bench area and communicates with the designated alternate. The outcome. A penalty for unsporting conduct is issued to the red captain and the extra support staff is removed from the bench. The rationale. Both teams agreed to play the game under the governing body policy. Violating agreed-upon terms is unsporting and should be penalized. Keep in mind, policies may neither change nor override the published rules. In addition, policies also may not directly impact gameplay. Issues that are identified and resolved prior to the beginning of the game should not result in the assessment of penalties. Okay, let's see. We've got two more scenarios. Scenario C4.3.K. White blocker is in a downed position on the track directly at the skates of white pivot. Red blocker initiates contact to white pivot, causing white pivot to fall into and over white blocker. The outcome, red blocker is penalized. The rationale, it is dangerous to block a skater onto or over another downed skater. Keep in mind, if red blocker had committed to their block before white blocker had fallen down, a penalty would not be warranted. Keep in mind, if contact between white pivot and white blocker was not directly caused by red blocker's actions, for example, there was a significant distance between white pivot and white blocker, a penalty would not be warranted. Scenario C4.3.L. And this one has the note that this is new in version 2019-0610. What does that mean? June 10th, I guess? Okay. So, scenario C4.3.L. An official overhears a skater making hateful, prejudiced, and or bigoted remarks. The outcome. The skater is expelled. E-X-P. E-L-L-E-D, expelled. The rationale, abusive conduct, including but not limited to making remarks or gestures of a racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, ableistic nature is degrading to the sport and others. Keep in mind, some instances of abusive... Some instances of abusive conduct may be contextual and as a result of ignorance. If the skater was not reasonably aware that their conduct was abusive, a warning or penalty may be appropriate. Keep in mind, applying in-game penalties for abusive conduct does not prevent event organizers from taking additional actions external to gameplay as they deem appropriate. If the abusive conduct was not seen or heard by officials, but instead was reported to the officials or event organizers, the resolution should be handled external to gameplay via the event's procedures. Okay, so that was a lot of scenarios about misconduct. And I'm feeling like the general takeaway here is like, don't be a jerk. That's it. Just, you know, do your best. 
don't curse out the officials. Don't like be flagrantly violating rules and stuff. And yeah, adrenaline gets pumping and people get, you know, going and the blood is flowing and all that stuff. But um, yeah, just be as kind as you can. And of course, like tempers flare. Um, And I think that's why they had such a heavy emphasis on official discretion. Um, That's one thing that I have learned a lot about. It's like, yes, Derby is here to happen. Like, let's not interfere with the game. But we also have to make sure that the gameplay is safe for everyone. And that's not just physically safe. This is like emotionally safe. Like you don't want people spewing hate speech at you um, or or the teams or anything like that. Would, what a terrible environment that would be to play in. So um, yeah, there's a lot of discretion that comes into play. And if there's an instance where you're not sure if a penalty is warranted or not, call an official timeout. If you're an official, you know, like if you are a referee or a non-skating official and something happens and you're really not sure, call an official timeout, consult with the head referee, you know, and and they'll talk it over and and figure it out. And if you are, um, you know, a coach or a captain or an alternate and you feel like something needs to be brought to the head referee's attention, call an official review and discuss it or discuss it you know, before the game or during intermission, <laughs> intermission, <laughs> I mean, halftime, uh, you could tell I'm an actor. We go to rehearsals and have intermission at roller derby. Um, yeah. So it's just, you know, keep it fun, but it's definitely a competitive sport. So officials don't need to be too uptight, but they also need to, you know, be just uptight enough. So like a just perfect amount of tightness in the uppity. Okay, you guys. Well, this was fun, and um, I will talk at you next week. Goodbye.